Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. There is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. Thomas Aquinas. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Maria Wong. The theme for our show today is the gift of friendship. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always a season for giving, so give big. Now, from Cynthia Bryan's book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, this chapter was written by Erica Miner, formerly a violinist with the New York Metropolitan Opera, and is the author of the award-winning novel Travels with My Lovers and Forever Friends, published by Nightingale Press. She's also a screenwriter, and her screenplays have won awards in the recognized competitions. She's a top-rated speaker for Royal Caribbean Cruises Lines. So The Gift of Friends by Erica Miner. Jessica Rowe knew, knew how different she was from her three best friends, but she never imagined how desperately they needed each other. Yet, as she was about to discover, that was all a part of growing up. From Forever Friends by Erica Miner. When I turned 13, my father gave me a book with blank pages, my first journal. The pristine pages signified a metaphor for my young life, a symbol of the clean slate with which I was starting my new life as a teenager. In his wisdom, my dad gave me a tool for jumpstarting my eventual career as a writer. What he didn't know was that my teenage journals would someday provide the seeds for a novel series about four best friends helping each other through the trials of adolescence. These three precious friendships I formed decades ago blossomed and matured into the closest ones of my life. We met through a mutual love of music, and we all kept music as an essential part of our lives. Most important, the four of us stayed close through our journeys into womanhood. We still support each other in ways we never could have imagined back then. Friendship is truly a gift, which you will cherish more and more as you grow older. You and your friends help each other grow up. Your friends are a reflection, a mirror of yourself, yet different. A window into other backgrounds, other personalities. You need them, and they need you. They help you appreciate your family, the people who loved you and nurtured you, yet they give you the strength and courage to go off into a whole new world when the time comes, beyond the comfort zone of home. 
It's vital to form and develop these friendships when you are young, for this teaches you how to interact with other friends, companions, colleagues, and loved ones whom you will meet in the future. I always knew that I would be a violinist. However, I had no way of knowing that I would play in the orchestra of the Metropolitan Opera in New York. But somehow, my friends always knew I was destined to become a major player in the musical world. It was hard work, but they encouraged me, spurred me on to fulfill my potential. Because of their support, I found the confidence to follow my passion, and I encouraged them to pursue theirs. They were always there to support me, even when I left our hometown of Detroit for the land of cultural opportunity, the East Coast. We stayed in touch as best as we could through our busy childbearing years. We met each other's children. And when I came back to Detroit to perform with the Met, my friends were there to show their support. That's what friends do. Support each other, give each other courage, have fun together. They are, according to Edna Buchanan, quote, the family we choose for ourselves. What would I have done without my friends when I was 14 or 15 and despaired of my parents ever understanding me or my problems? My three BFFs were both sisters and colleagues, the family I chose for myself. Now, I have put away with my violin and taken up writing and speaking as my life's work. I still email these friends, speak with them, and see them whenever possible. As the years pass, they become more, even more precious to me. Choose your friends wisely, then be there for each other. That is a gift that has no price, the gift of a lifetime. So we have an exercise for you with this chapter. It's called journaling. And journaling about your experiences with friendship is a gift you can give yourself And through journaling, you can examine your thoughts, express your joys and fears, and keep track of your journey of self-discovery, both with your friends and on your own. So here's how to get started. First, create your own special ritual. Find a time of day when you can be quiet and a comfortable place where you can be alone. Buy a notebook, a book with blank pages, or anything that will be fun to write with. Invest in a pen that's pretty and comfortable to write with as well. Sit down and let your thoughts and feelings flow. Don't edit your words. Just write whatever comes to mind. Talk about what you and your friends did, said, and felt that particular day. Make the commitment to do this every day at the same time. Be consistent. After a while, you will find yourself looking forward to this alone time. If you feel comfortable about sharing your journal with your friends, you may do so, or you can keep it private for your eyes only. When you go back after weeks or months and read your entries, you will learn how your friends are helping you to grow and appreciate what a gift you are to each other. No matter how our paths diverge, we'll always manage to come back to our friendship, as said by Erica Miner. And what I like about this exercise is that it talks about journaling, which is something I really, really like to do. Um, Even though I really don't have time for it, uh, it's really good to get some time in for some alone time to really think back on what you thought through the day or um, anything that you want to express to someone but don't know really how to say it in words, it's actually a really good idea to do. And one new thing that everybody is posting on Pinterest and Instagram is bullet journaling. Yes. And it's, yeah. and it's more of a creative way to do journaling, and it's so pretty. So that is actually a very good excuse. If you're a really creative person to start journaling is to – start bullet journaling because it really gets your creativity out while also letting you express your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with 
bullet journaling. I think it's a great way for anybody who wants to get started. But going back to the gift of friendship, I really do think what she said, whether it's writing it down in a journal or processing it in any way you think of, it's really great to sort of look back on the timelines with your friendship. Or if you felt something was weird that day and then you learn later on it was just a miscommunication or just reliving great memories with your friends. So going off of that, Asia, have you had a friend or several friendships you say that are very important to you and have shaped you to be who you are, whether they've been friendships from kindergarten or someone recent? Uh, Definitely. I've had many, many different friendships in many different areas because I moved around a lot when I was younger, especially during my high school years, actually have been to about three high schools and a couple of middle schools. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it allowed me to really meet a lot of different people and create friends uh, that I never, with people that I never knew I would be friends with, you know, different personalities and, and different Uh, ambitions in people and it was really cool because a lot of those friendships especially in middle school and high school definitely shaped who I am as a person because moving around so much and meeting so many different people really allows you to kind of study who you are as a person to see who you get along with who you don't get along with um, the type of people that you really connect with as a person and you really learn how to connect with different people as you get older. Exactly. I feel like that's such an important skill to have to be able to connect with a variety of people who have different opinions who are just so different from you. But I was also wondering, just because with your experience with moving around so much, do you have any tips for any of our listeners who might be moving schools or going somewhere new, like tips on making friends or preserving friendships from prior places? Uh, From experience, I know that the very first emotion you may feel when you move is um, insecurity because you don't know what these people are going to think about you and you don't know if you're going to fit in or not. You don't know if you're going to have somebody to talk to on the first day. My advice is to just find somebody that looks friendly and talk to them. Talk to them about anything. You know, if you have a question about the new campus that you're you're in now or maybe you're unfamiliar on you know where a certain classroom is or anything that you may have a concern with even if you just ask that person a simple question it'll show that you're an open person and you're willing to talk to people and definitely smile I've had that experience where I sat in that classroom kind of nervous and and insecure and not really sure what I was going to do so I'm pretty sure my expression on my face came off as very unwelcome So the best thing to do is really have a smile, look bright uh, and welcoming, and people will definitely want to talk to you, especially if you're very warm and you're okay with talking to new people as well. Just have fun with it. You're going to be there, and it's definitely an opportunity for more experiences in in a new place. So have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that statement. I think wherever you are, even if it's not a new school, but just going to a different camp or just doing different types of things, you really just have to sort of break that fear in your head. Oh, what if I don't make any friends and really just put yourself out there? Like reminds me of, you know, looking at colleges and doing overnight programs recently for accepted students days. And, you know, everybody's nervous. We're all sort of just sitting there. Some people are on their phones, but, you know, it's just being really open and starting to talk to people and finding out their interests and really just getting to know other people, I feel like is just so important for friendships. Definitely. And especially nowadays when we're so connected through social media, but we're not really connected face to face. um, It's definitely critical to really 
open yourself up and make yourself as friendly looking as possible because I feel like when you're walking around in public, you know, you see the expressions on people's faces and they don't look very open and they don't look very friendly sometimes because they're so off in their own world with their phone or something else. You know, we're so busy, we may be thinking about something that we have to do in the next two hours and we're not really paying attention to how we come off towards people and our expression may, you know, be very serious and unwelcoming, but in reality, you know, you're kind of just busy thinking about something that needs to get done or something like that. So it was, it's just really a good idea to make sure you look open, you look friendly, and you're openly nice towards people. That's the best thing to do is even if it's something small, you know, be openly nice and, and that will definitely attract people to you. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like no matter what, even if you don't automatically connect with the first person you meet, you will find people that are for you. And those friendships are so vital in someone's life. So, yeah, thank you so much, Asia, for this great conversation. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Please support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more info on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Maria Wong. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Get ready for our fun event coming up on May 13th, the Moraga Fair. For more information, you can go to our website at bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our talk. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. longer you listen the later it gets you're listening to voice america kids you're listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Maria Wong, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we're discussing the gift of friendship. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. We have a special guest with us today. Cheryl Carpinello is an author of a number of amazing books based off Arthurian legend. And she is a retired English teacher, and her teaching is, gave her a passion for the ancient and medieval worlds. And she was lucky enough to be able to travel to Egypt and the UK, which gave inspiration to her novels. Cheryl hopes to inspire younger individuals to read more with her books, especially her newest novel, Young Knights of the Round Table, The King's Ransom. So let's welcome her to the show. Hello, Cheryl. Hello there. So can you give us a little bit of insight on your novels for our listeners, The Young Knights of the Round Table, The King's Ransom? Okay. Um, it's, it's a story of three friends, and they have to, uh, they come from three different set, uh, walks of life, 
and they've developed a special friendship. And when their uh, their mentor has been accused of murder and theft, they vow to take the uh, the knight's honor to prove his innocence or to die trying. And it, it shows that their loyalty to their friendship for their mentor and also to each other because they each have to go out on a separate quest. Oh, wow. That sounds very... Uh very inspiring especially for people who are reading it and it shows there are a lot of books like this and it's really interesting to see how friendship and uh, loyalty come into play in all of the books so what was your source of inspiration for your characters and your plot uh, well as you mentioned earlier I'm a retired high school English teacher mm-hmm. and so I see a lot of saw a lot of kids over over the 25 years that are searching for that that friendship, that companionship, yeah. and also uh, searching for where they belong and what their um, place is in the world around them and in the bigger world. And so they were all my inspiration. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that's so great. I feel especially as an English teacher, not only seeing the writings, but also really getting to know each of the students and their personal stories is so essential to being a writer. So I was wondering when and why did you decide to become an author? Well, I've written for many, many, many years. But uh, my my uh, students there again were my inspiration for uh, be doing my writing very seriously once I retired. Excuse me, once I retired. Um, that The Arthurian legend was the one thing I found that would get kids who didn't read, reading. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that's where I would start with my writing once I was able to do that full time. And I decided to start with the younger grades because I had so many kids that when they got to high school, they just weren't readers. And that's such a shame. Reading is such a part of our our culture and society that I really wanted to try and catch those kids at a younger age in the upper elementary school and middle grade ages. I feel like reading just really is just so good for you because it really develops your imagination and it really develops kind of your personality in a way when you're growing up and you have a love for reading. Well, it does do that. And it also shows you that your problems may seem insurmountable, but somebody else somewhere has had the same types of problems and they've managed to work their way through it. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of gives you uh, a path to follow, uh, depending on what story you're reading and what's happening in your life at, at that particular time. Yeah, yeah, so what exactly was it about this Arthurian legend that your students and kids really loved or connected to? Boy, I'll tell you, if you look around the world today, I wonder what it is about everybody because there's a brand new movie coming out next month. Um, it's just, it's that medieval time period. It's that time where people are um, are so determined to do good. That's what the Knights of the Round Table were. They were out there to, to do good and to uh, take care of those who were being mean or evil to the other people. And I think it's just that that idea that there's a hero in all of us, and the Arthurian legend lets you be that hero. For yeah. sure. Yeah, and I feel like going back to our topic, friendship, I feel like throughout that there's really this sense of camaraderie and friendship. Just this, um, as Asia was saying, really the sense of loyalty. So, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think all kids, especially nowadays, with just the multitude of young adult novels that are out and just different books, that's definitely one theme I feel like that every kid can relate to. Yeah, because you don't, you don't need to go through, the, through your world and through your life alone. You always need that friend that, that's there beside you to, to back you up and to, to stand there and hold your hand when you need that. 
Definitely. And that's what I love about reading is that it really, when you are so immersed in a book, you feel like you're so connected to the characters and you really understand what they're going through or you develop a, a sense of, you know, caring or um, a really deep connection with the character that you really like. And then it's really funny if you're so into the book and you have this villain, you know, you have that sense of, um, I don't like you towards that character because you're just so involved with this book, which is so wonderful with reading, which is why I love how you're encouraging uh, younger students to really join in the love of reading. Well, and, and the kids become that character and understand that character because that's where they are mm-hmm. in, their, in their own lives. You know, so, and you, you don't need yeah. a whole lot of friends, but you do need that one friend. Yeah, you do need that one friend that is very loyal, and that's definitely something that I think is wonderful uh, for these kids to really get reading in these books is because they really start to understand, you know, the depth of friendship and how important it is, especially when they're young, because they're going to grow up and they're going to need those people who are going to help guide them through, you know, in, into adolescence and into adulthood. Exactly. So how did you come up with the uh, characters, uh, like especially the, the names and, um, and kind of their personalities in your book? Did you use your students or anybody that you knew or re- related to? I probably used a composite of my students. I wanted to appeal to a variety of ages, so I have an 11-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 15-year-old, because our friends are not always the same age as us. They don't have the same interests as us. And so I chose people from three very different walks of life. The 11-year-old Gavin, Prince Gavin, is is a prince. And 13-year-old Philip is an orphan. Mm -hmm. And 15-year-old Brian is a blacksmith apprentice. People, three people that you wouldn't think would know each other at all yeah. in that in that certain time period, but they do know each other um, through this one mentor friend that they have, and they've become very good friends and very loyal friends. That's and awesome. So you're, yeah, you know, your friends you find in in places you just wouldn't imagine. Exactly. You know, I was actually talking to Maria about that because we were talking about you know how. Uh, how it has uh, moving around a lot really shaped who your friends were and how you were as a person because moving around and um, living in so many different areas you know I met people that I never would have thought I would be friends with you know it's very interesting how friendship can really bring together uh, multiple people even though you live in different situations you guys have different uh, you have different needs you like different things so it's really awesome to see how friendship can bring together a group of people no matter who they are. How did your students react to your book? Did they like the story? Did they see themselves in the book? Uh, because I feel like this is a very relatable book. Um, it is, and but the, the strange thing is that it wasn't until after I retired that I was able to get these done. But I have, um, our youngest daughter teaches, uh, teaches upper elementary school. Mm-hmm. And so her kids, her sixth graders read that and gave oh, me a awesome. lot of... Yes, they gave me a lot of good feedback. They enjoyed the story. They enjoyed the idea of the three friends. That's being good. able to go out and do do a good deed to save their their other friend. Yeah, that's so great that you were able to get the feedback of you know just your audience and the connection with your daughter. I think that's so great. So when I think of writing, often I was actually curious on since you said you've been writing for such a long time, was it mainly the free the time you didn't have that you didn't have to teach um that you were able to finish and write these books or what really propelled you after you retired to finish these books and get them published 
Because I didn't have to grade papers. <laughs> I, didn't have to pre- yeah. I, I didn't have to prepare lectures. <laughs> so all, I mean, that is just, an English teacher's job is just totally time consuming. You know, I, yeah. when you, when you deal with 150 kids a day and each of them turns in something to be graded, you know, every other week or so, you're just, you don't have any extra time. Yeah, I really needed. Yeah, I really needed that time to to devote uh, to writing. But so I had to wait until I retired. Yeah. Yeah, So how long during? Like, what is your average time spent during the day writing books? Actually, physically writing, uh, probably an hour or two. Um, I do a lot of I do a lot of mental work. Mm, as okay. I'm as I'm doing other things, I have story ideas running through my my brain, and I'm I'm continually sifting. Is is this a good idea? Would that be better? And so I do a lot of that kind of uh, of writing. It's not actually physically writing, but it's in my head. Mm-hmm. And so that that usually goes on almost all day long. That's cool. And how was um, your research process for each of your books? My Arthurian legend, I, I taught that for 25 years. Wow, um, okay. In, in the high school. So my research was all done. <laughs> I, do yeah. have, I do have a third book that uh, will be coming out in my Guinevere series. Uh, the next book in line is the third book that I do have to actually do some research because it's going to take place in Gaul, which was uh, France oh. in, the, in, the, in the Roman uh, Empire. So I do have to do a little book research and some... Uh, I've tried to talk my husband into maybe taking a trip over there, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, be really cool. But so far, that's that's batting zero. So I'll do. Oh. I'll read some. I'll read some stories. Um, I'll read some uh, nonfiction works. I'll read some descriptions. Mm-hmm. That time is kind of material to take notes on what what's going on. Yeah, and you mentioned that you you had some students really give you some really nice feedback about your books. Are you still in contact with any of your former students, and have any of them gone on to be writers or majored in English? I have a couple that that are doing some writing on the side. My daughter awesome. actually my daughter actually teaches with uh, one of my former students. Oh, cool! And I have uh, two or three more that are teachers around the state of Colorado and in uh, Arizona. That's amazing. That's so awesome that you inspired them, and I'm pretty sure you were a very big impact on their life and and, and had them, uh, that had them go into that kind of field. So I hope so. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able, you know, with our topic being friendship, it's nice to be able to stay friends with, with all those kids after all this time. Yeah, definitely, because it's somebody like you that is uh, trying to inspire your students to get more into reading it's definitely something that that would be very valuable to them later in the future yeah well thank you so much cheryl for this great conversation unfortunately we're out of time but we'll be sure to continue our conversation with cheryl so please stay tuned be sure to check out her website at cherylcarpinello.com for more information on her and her novel young knights of the round table the king's ransom i'm maria wong and I'm Asia Gonzalez. Please visit our radio site at Express Yourself Teen Radio for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. And also, please visit our charity at BeTheStarYouAre.org and watch our fun and informative videos at YouTube.com slash BeTheStarYouAre. Stay right here with us as we continue our amazing discussion on friendship. Show the world your smile 
If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Maria Wong. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today on Express Yourself, we are discussing the gift of friendship. We have Cheryl Carpinello back with us, and this devourer of books has written some pretty interesting novels. Her most recent novel, Young Knights of the Round Table, The King's Ransom, is based on Arthurian legend. In medieval Wales, 11-year-old Prince Gavin, 13-year-old orphaned Philip, and 15-year-old blacksmith's apprentice Brian are brought together in a friendship one by, by one they call the Wild Man. When an advisor to the king is killed and a jeweled medallion is stolen from the king's treasury, the Wild Man is accused of theft and murder. Filled with disbelief at the arrest of the Wild Man, the three friends embark upon a night's quest to save their friend's life. To succeed, the three must confront their fears and insecurities, and one of them will have to disclose the biggest secret of all. Join Gavin, Philip, and Brian on their quest and share the adventures that await them in the land of King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table. Hello again, Cheryl. Welcome back. Hello there, girls. Thank you. So with our theme of friendship, how does this novel relate to friendship? Friendship is what holds uh, the, three, uh, the three protagonists together. Uh, and also it's what uh, propels them on their on their quest to save their friend who has, who has been imprisoned and is... Uh, waiting death for a murder and theft that he did not commit. So it's a testament to how strong their friendship is that, that they are willing to, to face their deepest fears in order to save his life. Yeah, I feel like friendship is such a great thing to have. And it really, as you said, pushes you out of your comfort zone and allows you to do things you never imagined you would do because of friendship. So going off of that, what is your definition of friendship? Friendship is, uh, I consider a friend somebody that, that I can count on, somebody that uh, is always there, even if they're not there. Um, I have a friend that I probably haven't seen in 10 years, but I know that all I would have to do was to, uh, to pick up the phone and call or hop on a plane and fly there, and we would, we would pick up right from where we left off 10 years ago. That's a friend. That's awesome. That's great. And I, I definitely feel like this book really shows the value of friendship to our young readers that will be reading this and definitely gives them the importance of what it means to have a true friend. 
It does. Um, and like I said earlier, I try to do that with all of my books because kids at that age, at this age are they're searching for for friends. They're searching for themselves. And they're searching just for something constant in their lives. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of kids, their friends are their only constant in their life. And yeah. so it's, impor- it's important to for them to know that. It is. It's super important because a lot of these kids, some of them may have, you know, sort of unstable lives or, you know, they may not be in the, sa- in the situation that they would really like to be. So when they find that friendship or that person that is really there for them, even if it's at a young age, it really definitely helps them get through life. It does, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the book I just finished, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yes, of course. Of course. Okay, <laughs> um, it's book two in my Guinevere tr- trilogy for the for the same type of young readers, but it talks about the princess Guinevere at age fifteen and her friend Sedwin, who is just turning twelve, and they've been together forever, and they are very good friends, and his friendship now has to evolve into something more because she is getting ready to marry King Arthur and so he is ready to move his friendship even further beyond to that that loyalty stage where he will be her shining knight in in armor supposedly Um, and so it's going to take their friendship a step further and sometimes with not always good consequences but he's willing to to be that person for her that she really needs even though it may cost him the ultimate sacrifice. And, wow. that, uh, and that's something that, you know, the ultimate sacrifice doesn't have to be to be death, but it, yeah. it, can, it can just be everything that, that you have inside of you, you put out for that other person. Wow, that's, that's so amazing. And that's such a great topic, I feel like, for your trilogy and such a fascinating topic. Um, for all of your books, I know definitely friendship is an underlying message, but would there be any other messages you really want to emphasize throughout all of your books? Yes, there really is. I, um, I use Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero's Journey through all of my stories, my ancient world and my Arthurian legends. Uh, Joseph Campbell believes that everybody is called to an adventure, called to a heroic uh, course in their lives at uh, several times. And so all of my my young protagonists, my young heroines or heroes, uh, wannabes, are called to do something beyond the ordinary. And they choose to take that, to answer that call, and to go on that journey. And in that journey is where they discover who they are and what their place is. And it gives them the confidence for the reader to actually be who they are. We all take several journeys throughout our entire lives, and I'm sure that you girls have done that also. You go and try something that you haven't tried before, and it's, it, sometimes it's frightening. Sometimes it's very scary, but you still are determined to push on and see what's on the other side, and that's, that's part of what all my stories are about, the journey that each of us takes to find a little bit more of ourselves so that we can come to know who we really are in the world. Definitely. That's such a wonderful message that you convey. And with these books, they are so in-depth and they have such wonderful background messages and themes. How long uh, does it take you to finish your writing process for these awesome books? It takes about a year and a half a book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Wow. 
Well, and when you talk about the writing process, that means all my pre-writing, which a lot mm-hmm. I do in my head. Yes. I, I write my entire story out in longhand. Wow. I don't, I don't put it on the computer until I have it wow. all written out on a tablet. That's and awesome. Then, and def- pre-writing is definitely one of the most important parts in writing a story. It is. And when I taught, I would not let my kids use a computer until they'd done their pre-writing exercises and they'd written out their entire essays. Wow. Once, they, once they'd written them out on paper, then they could go to the computer um, because that's just another step in editing. But then once I get it on the computer, then I have, I go back and, and do a lot of work editing, rewriting. Um, I send out copies. I mentioned my sixth grade uh, kids that my daughter teaches that read uh, Young Knights of the Round Table. Mm-hmm. I also have her classes read all of my stories. And they give me a lot of good feedback on places where I just assumed that the reader would understand yeah. and they don't. Um, I would expect them to be able to visualize something and they weren't visualizing it. So they'd tell me, no, you need to add more more description here. We're not sure who you're talking about here. And so, you know, all of that takes a lot of time because fifth and sixth graders don't read very fast. And especially when they're so excited to read something that's not even ready for print yet that they have a say-so on, they, they take their time and and really write out some good ideas and uh, good questions for me. So all of that takes time. Plus then, it's probably edited five or six times before it's finally ready to uh, to say, okay, it's ready to go. Wow, that's awesome. And I think the fact that you give it to these sixth graders uh, that your daughter teaches, I think it's wonderful because they have the best imagination and they have such uh, such a broad mindset that it's a perfect team of editors. They really are. And in fact, in the, the Guinevere, the second book, Guinevere at the Dawn of Legend, my daughter's teaching fifth grade this year, so her fifth graders read that. And I even had one of the, uh, the fifth grade students, I, I needed a map for the beginning of the book. And I had one of her fifth grade students uh, drew the map that will appear at the beginning of, of uh, Guinevere at the Dawn of Legend. Oh, that is so awesome. That is so cool. So they were excited. And I always do a little thank you. I can't name them, you know, for, yeah. for safety reasons, but yeah. I always thank, you know, my daughter's uh, fifth grade or sixth grade class, whoever read it there, for their reading and their contributions to the to the story. That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. I feel like it's so cool how that map is able to be implemented. And just I feel like peer review is so important in anything, especially with connecting with the age group that you're writing for. So with that in mind, do you feel like you're always going to continue writing books for this specific age group, or do you want to expand to other ones too? I'll, my Arthurian legend will always be for the upper elementary and middle school age. I have my um, ancient, uh, ancient world. I have two Egyptian stories that are for ages 15 and above that are, are a little bit more complicated stories. Um, but again, I write for, for those kids, you have to remember that, that don't always want to pick up a book and read. Mm-hmm. And so I want to keep keep those kids reading. So some of my material has to be at a higher grade level than the beginning stuff, which is my Arthurian legend. I don't. I will never write for adults with that in mind. Um, but I, I will write for, for high school kids. I'm not even sure college kids would be uh, one of my target audiences. I like to, to deal with those kids that are in in the, the public school systems up through the up through high school. 
Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I feel that's so relevant just because there are so many kids nowadays who um, I know like libraries are being shut down because of budget cuts in my in my local area or things like that. So they're really not getting the full access to read or they're not finding books that they enjoy or really aren't having that great start to reading. So really finding books that they can really relate to and connect to and find meaning through at such a young age, I feel like is so important, especially with novels like these. Definitely. And before we end, do you have any advice for young readers or writers? Oh, just keep reading whatever you love and write whatever you love. Awesome. Um, I have, I give uh, medieval writing workshops in the elementary schools and kids love them. They love to write their own medieval stories and their own medieval poetry. So just be sure to just read, read and write. Definitely. Thank you for that wonderful advice. Yeah, thank you so much, Cheryl, for talking to us. It was so great to learn about your novel and just your awesome peer review group that we've, it was just so great talking to you. Everybody, please be sure to check out Cheryl's website at CherylCarpinello.com to check out her books and more about her. Please be, uh, please stay tuned for our next segment. I'm Maria. And I'm Asia. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. And for more information, you can go to events at our website at btsya.org. And please visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. And when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation on friendship. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Maria Wong, and today's hour is all about friendship. From Cynthia Bryan's book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, this is the gift of friendship by Cynthia Bryan. When I was nine, my fourth grade teacher, Sister Mary McCartan, announced that a student in Ireland was looking for an American pen pal. I had no idea what a pen pal was, so my hand did not shoot up. After class, sister whispered to me that she thought I was the perfect match for this young Irish girl. She's the eldest in her family, very bright and outgoing, and loves to have fun. I know you both very well, and I feel sure that you will become fast friends. Nora's letter arrived from Dublin about two weeks later. 
beautiful cursive handwriting with a fountain pen on fine pale blue parchment paper. Fascinating foreign stamps decorated the envelope. Her words flowed off the page into my heart like the prose of Keats. Everything in her existence was lovely. Her mom was Mary Daly and her dad was Brian Daly. Nurse looked after the lot. She too was nine and went to a convent school taught by the Holy Faith nuns, just as I did in California. I was mesmerized that this Irish girl, so like me, lived in a strange land and probably spoke with a strange voice. I wrote back, and soon the letters were flying across the ocean at amazing speed. Every day, when our postman, Mr. Ichikawa, came to the end of our lane, I was waiting to see if a letter had arrived from Ireland. As soon as I received a letter, I'd spend hours writing back, giving Nora all the news of California and living on the farm, my 4-H activities, taking care of chickens, driving tractors, picnics in the hill, and dressing up like holy faith nuns. It was obvious we were becoming best friends. None of the nuns seemed surprised when, nine years later, Nora and I planned our, f- our first in-person get-together. I had been chosen to be a teen ambassador in Holland, and Nora was being sent to work in Belgium. We decided to meet at the Antwerp train station. I was so nervous. What if I didn't recognize her? What if we couldn't find anything to talk about? What if, after all these years of writing, we really didn't like each other? Our eyes met across the tracks. Like in the movies, I ran towards her yelling, Nora, in my loud farm girl, vo- farm girl voice as she sang Cindy in her most beautiful Irish lilt. Our face-to-face meeting only endeared us more to one another. We were absolutely the best of friends, with many adventures awaiting us. I flew to Ireland to meet her family and eight brothers and sisters, becoming an honorary daily family member. Nora and I traveled the Irish countrysides, went dancing, explored museums, and spent hours in girl talks. I actually introduced her to her future fiancé, Fergus, at a party. A few years later, the wedding date was set, and I was to be her maid of honor. As I was sitting in the Los Angeles airport awaiting my flight to Ireland, I was paid to take an emergency call. It was her mother, Mum Mary. Fergus had just been killed in a plane crash. Devastated, I continued my journey so I could stand beside my best friend at, at his funeral instead of their wedding. With this tragedy, our friendship deepened. Letters flowed across the 8,000 miles, and every time I was in Europe, we were together. The years passed, she met another wonderful man and became Nora Norden, living in Norway. I also married that same year. We both had children, and we both continued to share our joys and sorrows over the miles and years. Whenever possible, we got together and sometimes talk on the phone. More than three decades have passed. We still consider ourselves sisters and best friends. Each of us have saved all our letters and cards over the years and dream about creating a movie based on our friendship. Through good, bad, hard, and sad times, we have been there absolutely 100% for each other. I am still dazzled by her intelligence, compassion, beauty, and great humor. She still finds me the wild, crazy, enthusiastic energizer I always have been. Now we are email pals, but still write proper paper letters from time to time. The world changes, technology advances, and we remain best friends. I am a proud honorary Irish woman because of Nora Catherine Daly Norton. Thank you, pen pal. Nora taught me the value of having and being a true friend. Friendship should not be measured in quantity, but in quality. We can have many wonderful and caring acquaintances, but only a few true friends. I know in the depths of my spirit that no matter what happened to me or my family, Nora would be there for me in every way possible. And she knows she can count on me for anything. 
True friendship is not about competition. It offers mutual respect, admiration, trust, joy, kindness, and support. A true friend does not judge, but will tell the truth when necessary, however painful that may be. Such a friend loves unconditionally despite all the flaws, but is never a yes person. True friendship is understanding, consoling, and ever-present. So stop for a moment and think about the people in your life. Do you have true friends, people you trust, people you can count on through thick and thin, no matter what circumstances and distances separate you? Or are you surrounded by people who are only with you by chance? Do you have people in your life who love you just the way you are, while supporting you in your growth changes and advancements? Unfortunately, some people out there are users. They hang around when you are winning, but are the first to leave when things get rough. These are parasites, not friends. To keep and deepen your friendships, be a true and honest friend. You can't buy friendship. You have to earn it. I find it infinitely sad how lightly many of us regard friendships. We confuse our many acquaintances and business associates with friends. We go for quantity, not quality. I am proud to say that I don't have a lot of friends, but my friends are all true friends among the most important people in my life. When you have such a friend, you have the greatest gift in the world. And on that note, we will introduce the exercise, Friends Forever. So there are a few things you can do to be a friend forever. Listen with your heart. Really hear what your friends say and know how to read between the lines. When a friend is having a bad day, do something special to show you care. Write a note, send flowers, bake cookies, offer a back rub. Take time to be a good friend, especially when time is the most precious and difficult thing to give. Say no when you mean no and yes when you mean yes. Don't be wishy-washy. Offer advice only when your friend can benefit from it. Say please, thank you, and I treasure you often. Be there when you are needed most. Show up the rest of the time too. Never take advantage of a situation. And finally, give true friendship priority over almost everything else in your life. As Oprah Winfrey says, lots of people want to ride in the limo with you, but what you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. Are you there for your friends when they need you? You need only one true friend to take to make life worth living. Find a friend today. So I feel like this is a very wonderful story to really teach a lesson about what true friendship is and what it really means to be a good and true friend because there are so many instances where you know life gets really tough but you only have those certain people that are with you through no matter what you are going through yeah I think Cynthia is so right in discussing true friendships and friends who are going to be there for you even when everything breaks loose not only there when everything is great and I feel like her, um, Cynthia Nora's friendship just seems so amazing and so great, even just the origin of being pen pals to finally meeting and going through all these struggles and growing together. I just feel like that really is a definition of a true friendship and what you should really have with a friend, someone who's there for you and will support you. Definitely. And, you know, especially with, you know, people our age who are in high school or college, it's definitely super important to find somebody like that because we're going through these four years in our lives in high school where it's a very tough time. You know, we're finding ourselves, we're learning who we are as a person and to find somebody who is willing to help us with that is is very valuable, especially in college when we are out in the world and, you know, we're trying to create that independence 
and we have somebody right there by our side helping us along with that. That is truly something that you won't find easily. Yeah, exactly. It really reminds me of one of the friends who I've had now for about 10 years, and we met at a summer camp. And her situation is really interesting because she actually has grown up in a military family. Her dad's in the Air Force. So they travel all around the world. Like you, Asia, she was constantly switching schools. But we always had this summer camp to go to. So throughout these nine years, we've always connected over this one week. And even though we really don't communicate that often throughout the whole entire year, we always know that we have that one week to really reconnect and that we're always going to be there for each other, even when she's moving find different schools and I'm going through my own thing in high school and middle school. It's just really nice to really find people like that, Um, especially since right now she's living in Virginia and she's going to be going to college on the East Coast while I'll be on the West Coast. So even throughout it all, I just find it's just so important, even wherever they are, just like how um, Cynthia was in California and Nora was in Ireland, just finding those friends who you really connect with no matter where they are, they'll always be with you in spirit. Definitely. Yeah, well, anyways, thank you so much, Asia, for this wonderful show. It's time to say farewell, sadly. We offer thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Maria Wong. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more information on our creative community, you can go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, value your friendships, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself